Well, this morning, I just want to say to you that Christmas uh, is for you, um, whether you feel it or not. It is. I mean, when we were kids, we all seemed to know this because we did nothing and we received everything. Uh, I remember those days. I remember them fondly. Much easier than the days now when you didn't give one thought uh, to the menu or the guests or the seating arrangement, the purchasing of gifts or your ability to pay for them when all was said and done. You knew that Christmas was simply for you. You woke up and there it was. Lights, wrapping paper, gifts, food, and family. But now, of course, many of us have grown up and grown older, and perhaps we've even outgrown our own father. Because your heavenly father comes to tell you today without reservation that Christmas really is for you. So I want us to see that under three headings this morning briefly in Luke chapter 2. One, that God comes to us in the dark. In this most famous of Christmas scriptures, we learn that an angel of the Lord appeared to shepherds who were out in the field keeping watch over their sheep at the night, uh, in the night. And I'm sure you've heard about these shepherds before, how they weren't the cultured or the elite, as one minister described them. They were the tattooed truckers at a rest stop on the I-40 at 3 a.m. drinking bad coffee. Uh, maybe you've heard how they weren't religiously serious because they really couldn't be. Their job didn't afford them the time or the energy to remain clean as far as the cleanliness laws were concerned. And while all that's true, what should really arrest our attention, at least for this morning, is what they're doing. I mean, what are they required to do? For their work, for their employee, they must stay up all night to make sure that their sustenance, their very livelihood isn't snatched away in the dark or torn to shreds by some wild beast or stolen by beastly men. I mean, in this dark world, there are wild animals. There are predators and prey, and there are also wild men, those who come to steal and to kill and to destroy. And the darkness carries with it those very terrors. I mean, that's why they're there, because they can't take the night off or there'll be nothing there when they get up in the morning. And this world is a dangerous place. Ever since the fall, here there be dragons. I mean, think of it. Without the fall, without our fall into sin as mankind, this shepherding night shift would be completely unnecessary. But now, this really is their normal life, day in and day out. This is what they will do night after night until their lives run out of nights. Because what we've come to know is normal life really is fraught with trouble. There's plenty to fear. And there's plenty to lose. And the job of trying to secure these things that we care about feels like it's endless. I mean, sin has caused us as man to be on this never-ending and ultimately futile quest for some sort of security, whether physical or emotional or financial. And it's always on a razor's edge. I mean, one little thing can change it all. I mean, one momentary lapse in judgment in a time of weakness one bad investment at the wrong time. One poor character judgment and you put your trust in the wrong person. One horrific accident that no one saw coming. Or one phone call with news that you never thought you would hear. Or that one fateful doctor's appointment on a seemingly ordinary Tuesday. And so we work and we spend and we labor and we take precautions and we worry, hoping that the bad thing doesn't happen. And this anxious reality, of course, only intensifies at night, doesn't it? I mean, night is still a time of vulnerability where your worries become a lot larger and more haunting. 
I mean, these shepherds do what they do at night because the fall has happened. Because man has fallen into sin and they've taken the creation down with them. And now danger lurks. But of course, this story here on Christmas morning has nothing to do with our doing or our securing. It has nothing to do with our vigilance or our determination to keep the bad things at bay. It's a story instead about how God comes to us out of nowhere in the dark. I mean, you heard that even in Isaiah's rendering of the gospel, so too in Luke's. We see this angel, this messenger from God appears out of nowhere to bid tidings. And after they're done, this whole army from heaven arrives soon after to second the motion. God descends into the realm of the curse in the dead of night for us. That really is the heart of Christmas. You'll notice the Christmas story doesn't bring us to God. It brings God down to us. And we'll see, secondly, that it brings down God to us, or God comes for us in the dark. God comes for us in the dark. And what's most amazing is that it brings God to us and shows us truly God's kind disposition towards mankind. I mean, notice what the angel starts with. Fear not. Well, I mean, that seems like strange advice. There seems to be plenty to fear, especially when a... a An angelic messenger lights up the sky in the dead of night and you're there to watch over things. But notice his reasoning. Don't fear because I have good news. I have good news and notice this news is for all peoples. For unto you, for you is born this day a child, a savior. Just like Isaiah said, for us a child is born, for us a son is given. This Christmas message is a for you kind of message sent from God himself to sinners. It is news so good that God says that you can trade in your natural state of fear and anxiety for joy. What makes it so good? Is that God comes down, but when he does, he is for us. And he's not against us. I mean, notice even when God's army shows up, it says a heavenly host arrives. You know, we've, we've made that Christian language, but it's, it's an army. It's a, it's a regiment of God's army arriving from heaven. And armies normally arrive, you know, in battle uh, attire to start war. But notice their announcement is peace upon arrival, that there's peace for men on earth. And so God shows up and he's for us. And we see this because of this sure sign, a sure sign that God is for us, that Christmas is for you. Notice what the angel says, this will be a sign for you. You will see a babe wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. It's strange indeed that this sign is given, but it's not just a sign that they were given so that they would know that they found the right kid when they got there. It's a sign of all that is to come. It's a sign that guarantees for us that we can know that for certain that God really is for us. Notice he comes in the weakness of our humanity. In the sheer vulnerability of infancy, he is a babe that is laid in a manger. This God joins in our common plight by joining himself to all that it means to be human, including all the danger and the pain that that entails. I mean, not long from now, he'll be on a run for his life already as a small child. 
But Luke gives us further clues that he will remind us of later. Notice he is wrapped, he is laid in a wooden feeding trough. Luke will use those same words later in his life that will echo this message when he's wrapped for his burial and laid in the tomb after being hung and crucified on a cross made of the same wood of which that manger was made. And that is exactly how you know that God is for us. God is for you. That Christmas is for you. Is that he became a man born into a world of danger and he faced it head on and lost for you. He lost so that you might win, to give his life so that all that threatens you could ultimately be defeated. The danger of sin, your own and those who have sinned against you, the threat of death and the reality that it is coming and it's coming for all of us. And if it's coming, that question of judgment, what will God think of us on that day? What will he make of us when he meets us? All of it's answered by this child. Your sin paid for by him. Your shame endured by him. Your death defeated by him. And the darkness of your judgment entered into holy by him. And all of it, the scripture says, for you who believe. You know the hardest part about the Christmas story? You know, we, we often make it about this, this virgin birth thing, which is surely strange and hard for us to fully understand. But of course, if God is God, that's not that difficult. The difficult thing is to believe that God is ours, that God comes to this world for us to be ours, to be our Savior, to be our King, to be our friend in time of need. It is news so good that it really is nearly impossible to believe as Luther rightly said, if God was against you, here to destroy you and not to heal, why put on flesh? I mean, why not just unleash the heavenly army that we see arrive and just be done with the whole thing? But instead, these trained warriors become members of a choir and their song is one of peace to mankind. Peace from the glorious God of the highest heaven, that same God, the only begotten of the Father, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made. He lies there lowly in a cattle stall because he loves you, because Christmas is for you. I mean, like your parents as you grew up, God does it all on Christmas. And at the end of the day, at the end of all your days, you will just wake up to enjoy it. He was born for you. He lived for you. He suffered the pains of death and judgment for you. He was raised for you, and now He reigns for you. And He seeks and saves sinners even now, like you. He, for whatever reason, for those who believe, placed His pleasure on you. He's pleased with you. And that is why we can say this morning that Christmas really is for you. And we can truly wish you from God himself, through his son, Jesus Christ, and by his blood that bought you. Merry Christmas. Let's pray.